What's up, guys? This is the It Ain't Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Charanson. Let's get it. I'm here today with Alan Cumberbirch. Founder and owner of Yard Athletics. Really excited to have him here. UBC alum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I know, you know, my my first, I think, time seeing you, not meeting you, because it took <laughs> it took a couple of years after that. Um, we were actually at UBC together. Yeah. And I think you were probably there a couple of years before me. Uh, rookie. I think Jim Deal was the strength coach at the oh, time, yeah, 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 and yeah. I just remember coming into the gym and like my my first impression was like, damn, like I gotta hit some squats. Man's <laughs> got thighs. I, I thought, yeah. Like I think maybe you were one of the first people I saw, and I was like, damn, like are there other people that look like this? <laughs> you know. And then my other thought is just you know composure and, and an energy and a presence like the other times that I saw you um just like leadership skills like unspoken I didn't hear a lot of what you were saying but you you have a presence about you and um I think that speaks to what you're doing now with your program one of the most popular kind of gyms in the city I appreciate um that. you know studio focus kind of personal training and mm-hmm. it, it's an it's a beautiful twist I think on um you know the studio scene in Vancouver I don't think yeah. there's a lot like it and, yeah. and there needs to be more um, but before we get into that, I kind of want to know up into that point, like to UBC, like what were you like? What were your hobbies um, yeah. as a young Alan? Like what was his? Yeah, yeah, was right his on. Thing? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, so yeah, I grew up, born and raised in Vancouver, BC. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Dunbar, um, and yeah, uh, really fortunate to have a great family. Um, so there's uh, six total: uh, my mom and dad, Grand Armida, and then I have older sister uh, Mika. Uh, myself, uh, my little sister Natalie, my little brother Liam. Cool. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyways, went to Lord Kitchener Elementary School. Uh, grew up, played tons of sports, and I was uh, I was actually a pretty pretty husky. We'll say husky husky young young fella. And okay. uh, so yeah, I mean soccer, rugby, hockey, baseball, uh, track, cross country, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I ended up going to uh, Prince of Wales Mini School, which was a uh, quote unquote enriched uh, program. Um, and I, you know, I got in primarily due to athletics. Cool. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, and yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, yeah, as I said, like t- tons of sports, um, didn't really get into weight training per se until I was like 14, um, and started training with, uh, twist conditioning. So that was my first cool. kind of experience with, uh, off season training, uh, specific to hockey. Right. Um, so yeah. yeah. With, with the, uh, the enriched kind of mini school you were talking about, <laughs> was, was there sports specific programs associated uh, to it? So, I mean, I think that was the selling feature for me, like hindsight yeah. 2020. Um, and I mean, it wasn't my call and it, my parents didn't know. I I, I wouldn't go do that again. Yeah. Uh, we were really isolated. Uh, it was it was literally a separate school, a separate building from the main school, mm-hmm. uh, and it was called the mini school. And it was literally a mini building, uh, and it was like a satellite location. But it uh, gave you flexibility to kind of like it, go to camps. It, it, and things was, like it was more so. It was really uh, catered heavily towards the arts. Okay. Uh, which was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit more cultured and uh, you know a little bit more experience in different realms. I also grew up playing the cello actually till I was 12. So, um, I did appreciate the arts, but, um, yeah, from a, from an athletic standpoint, there wasn't as much flexibility as uh, one might thought. I think that my athletics probably in their eyes got in the way of my education. Yeah. Um, Fair. So yeah, it was very heavy on the academics and, uh, the arts. Yeah. Cool. And then, yeah, you were saying about, uh, your hockey academy. Yeah. 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 So, uh, (laughs) So 
so yeah from there so you're talking through high school yeah yeah uh so yeah high school uh yeah i mean we had a hockey team uh, or a hockey yeah we had a hockey team in high school but uh i played just minor hockey yeah so i played vancouver thunderbirds minor okay. hockey and then uh played junior b in grade 12 Granby steelers um and then i went and played junior a in the bchl uh with the uh had a quick cup of coffee with the west side warriors when i was 16 or 17 yeah. uh and then down to the burnaby express and then i got traded to the surrey eagles finished with the surrey eagles cool. uh and then after that it was on to uh university so yeah right when when you're playing um at the junior level uh, maybe you could speak to like the organizational structure i'm kind of fascinated by um you know the club system versus like the <coughs> high school system of sports. Yeah, and I think hockey in Canada is like one of the only um, systems. Maybe soccer as well. Mm-hmm. That kind of models mm-hmm. that European model. You mm-hmm. can um, be associated to like the pro clubs mm-hmm. at a super young age, mm-hmm. and I think there's a, a way wider opportunity for like maturation and growth at that early age because mm-hmm. you get so much exposure. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I mean, now the landscape's really changed, uh, and it changed. Uh, from when I was in minor hockey. So now the way it looks like minor hockey associations still exist. Um, majority of players, if they're good enough, will go. I mean, I shouldn't even say that. Uh, majority of play- players will go uh, to academies. Um, <clears throat> and then from there, they'll go play junior. Uh, so there's various junior <clears throat> levels. So there's major junior. Uh, so that's like WHL, OHL, uh, the Q. Uh, that's the Canadian Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, then under that, there's, you know, tier two or uh, junior A. Uh, okay. And so each province kind of has their own uh, leagues for that. So the BCHL, the AJHL, uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, so on and so forth. Under that, this is where they all kind of, they like, and there's like crossover and parallels and talent. And again, it's kind of case dependent on the individual and what route they want to take and their, their developmental stage. Okay. Um, so, I mean, like you might get some players in junior A who are quote unquote better uh, or end up having, you know, more prosperous or better careers than someone in major junior uh, and vice versa. <coughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, then under that. Junior B, and then there's the academies. Uh, there's major, or, uh, major midget, or like midget AAA. Uh, I'm not sure what okay. they refer to that as now. Um, but yeah, and then under that, there's uh, you know there's there's the minor hockey ranks. Um, the academies are kind of where it's at now, is my understanding. Uh, mm-hmm. With that being said, I mean like personally, I don't love the model. Um, you know, it's 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 a pay to play. Uh, they they come with a high price tag, um, interesting, and, and it's a pretty year round uh, year round commitment. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, they'll pump out some great talent, but on the flip side to that, like those uh, you know young athletes' exposure to other sports uh, and other things in life, and uh, you know just the overuse and the overprogramming of these young athletes at such a young age. Yeah. Um, when really, like they, it's just turned into a business, and in, in a lot of in a lot of circumstances. So, uh, maybe a bit of an unpopular opinion in in the in the mm-hmm. hockey world. Um, and I mean, yeah. On the flip side, though, the people that are making a profession in that line of work in hockey, you know, as a coach or a skilled coach or a skating coach, you yeah. know, that's where the money is uh, to be made. So, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like on top of those problems, like a bit of a barrier to entry, like in terms of like the cost, like you're saying, pay to play. Yeah. Um, and probably like not many subsidies or, or like players giving back to say like, hey, like this program costs $100,000, $50,000 to play. Like 
we need to give out like two spots on the team for somebody that yeah, can't afford it. I, yeah, I don't know what that looks like. Um, I know there's some of that and I don't yeah. know how much. Um, but I think for, you know, 75% of those kids on those teams, uh, you know, somebody likely their parents is shelling out a pretty penny on an annual basis. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times there's the fees to attend the school, which are, you know, very likely a private school. In addition to that, the fees to play on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's not the case. The private school uh, scenario isn't the case for all academies. Uh, some are in, in conjunction with a public school. Um, so yeah, right. I, I don't know the percentage on that, but some are private, some are public, um, but all of them uh, for those academies, there's, there's a fee associated with it. Uh, and it, you know, granted, obviously those, those go to, those go to, uh, you know, coaches salaries, uh, travel, uh, you know, ice rentals. Um, but yeah, hockey has turned into a very, very expensive sport. Um, I know it was, and I'm sure it was like when I was playing, growing up mm-hmm. playing. Um, but, uh, I think it's definitely grown exponentially insofar as the financial, uh, commitment and requirements in order to, you know, excel and just be competitive at it. Yeah. You know, where it's like, okay, well, you know, whether it's, whether it's in the best interest of, of, of the player or not, there, there's this kid that's playing 10, 12 months out of the year versus another kid that, you know, wants to maybe go play a season of baseball or lacrosse, you know, or something in the summer, yeah. right, for, for six months, right? Well, you know, do, over three, four, five years, right, he's getting 50% less, you know, he's developing at, at a slower stage. Mm-hmm. Granted, there's lots of transferability, uh, and I th- and in my opinion, you know, getting exposure to those other sports and, and for lack of a better term, cross-training is extremely beneficial to their, right. f- to their physical and athletic development. Um, with that being said, I mean, there reaches a point where aside from like the mental and emotional burnout, um, where, you, you know, that maybe that, that athletes are doing it year round mm-hmm. will experience, um, if for, you know, some of them truly do love it and they, they continue and they persist and they see it through and they're going to be developing at a far uh, faster rate, uh, than somebody that's not partaking, um, at that same level. Yeah. I, I think, you know, there's quite a difference or contrast between like the states in Canada too, whereas like, you know, hockey and the cost of like that level of hockey at the grassroots is like, you know, a product of supply and demand. Like people have the willingness to pay for that. But in the States, like, you know, you have these major companies like, you know, Bauer, Nike or Adidas that are pumping money into like programs and saying, hey, here's a million dollars to run this like basketball club and California and you have you know the kids don't have to pay anything yeah. they get packages it doesn't matter what sport you play they have yeah. enough to fund hockey basketball etc so it's unfortunate that you can't really have that model here yeah like yeah it, I don't know uh, what sort of subsidies if any there are yeah. um, I'm sure there's like affiliations with uh, you know like a few equipment companies like you mentioned right yeah. but uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think that's gonna be much more than okay you know we'll kit out your entire Academy yeah. uh, at a reduced rate but insofar as like an actual grant or you know contribution monetary contribution to the yeah. program to offset uh, you know maybe there's a scholarship here or there you know okay we'll we'll, we'll allocate you know 25 we'll, we'll cover the fees mm. the, the true cost not not what you're charging we'll cover the true costs uh, for this athlete to you know be enrolled in your Academy and play on a team for a year yeah um but yeah i feel like those can probably get absorbed uh, you know on by accumulation of of the net net profits the net proceeds of all those other programs mm-hmm. i mean again i I'm, I'm to an extent i don't know the ins and outs of it and yeah. so far as like the financials um but yeah there's there's definitely uh large uh, revenues being generated what the nets are on that if there are any i'm not sure i feel majority of them are probably getting reinvested back in to those programs um okay. you know so 
what that looks like, uh, I'm not sure, but building facilities, maybe building their own ice rinks, maybe building yeah. training facilities, you know, um, yeah, getting more coaches, better coaches. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's certainly a, a business element to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you spoke on, like, you know, the benefit of cross-training and the diversification, diversification into different sports. Um, what about, like, just strength and conditioning and, like, <coughs> weight room training? Yeah. Um, when did that kind of start for you? Were you always I, kind of into it through high school? Or? I remember I started going to the gym uh, with my dad. Well, my dad had, like, one of those, uh, like, it, it, garage gym, like, lap pull-down, seated row, like, spin around, leg extension, like, in the basement okay. with the bench, right? Yeah. Uh, and he'd sit down there and, and rock tapes, like, on an old-school stereo, right? And, and I always remember, like, he'd, like, tape his wrists up with white tape, and he'd have chalk, and, like, he was a big dude. Uh, I mean, still is, strong, strong dude. Um, yeah. And uh, I'd go down there and I just kind of like peek my head around the corner and like watch him work out. And he was, you know, he wasn't, he's not a scary guy by any means. I'm kind of making him out to sound scary. It was just like intense and it was cool. It was intriguing. I was intrigued by it. Right. And like, he'd be sweating and I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing, man? Um, But it was, uh, as I said, intrigued. So um, eventually, you know, it got to a point where, you know, he would go to the gym and uh, I would join him. You know, I I don't know how, maybe I was 12 or 13. Right. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, come. And, 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 you know, a lot of the gyms, they have the machine set up and there's like a circuit. Right. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, you go to like this machine and like you do this and then like go to the next machine, do that. And he'd just be like, Hey, just, I want you to do the circuit. Right. There's like, you know, six machines. Maybe it was like a chest press, a leg extension, a hamstring curl, like a leg press. That's I don't awesome. know. Try, right. And he'd be like, yeah. just go through. He's like, do, uh, do 12 reps on each and just go three times through it. Right. And, and like, you want it to kind of like burn, like, you know, and, and they're simple enough machines that they're kind of hard to, yeah. Kind of hard to mess up, right? So, so I think that was probably the beginning of it. And then, as I mentioned, when I was fourteen, and uh, that's when I'd say I probably started to get a little bit more serious about hockey. Yeah. Um, a lot of it too is just uh, insofar as hockey and development and career path is like what's it naivety? How do you say yeah, it? Yeah, naivety. Naivety. Yeah, is yeah, that how you say I think it? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, being naive too. Yeah. Um, you know the different routes and the different options and the different paths. So, anyways, I think at fourteen is when I kind of got started to get serious and like okay. I'm like a decent player. Like, you know, maybe I could do more than just, you know, finish out my midget at 16 and, yeah. and call it a day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I, I enjoyed it enough that I wanted to pursue that. So, yeah. um, I yeah, love that. I love that point your, your dad gave you too. Um, just in terms of like instructional cues, he said, you just want to like, you just want it to burn a little. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a yeah, great it's so simple instruction. Right? And it's so yeah. simple. But, like, there's so much discovery in that. Yeah, exactly. Because, okay, I want it to burn. I'm just naturally going to, what am I going to do? I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to take my time. Yeah, exactly. Pay attention exactly. to what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, or you're going to do know? it, like, and it was probably, like, you want it to burn. And, like, in addition to that, like, find, find, choose a weight that is difficult enough that it burns, you know, for, like, the last two to three reps. Like, you yeah. leave it at that. And it's like, okay, so I'm going to put it on 50, right? Okay, and I do it. And I do 12. And I'm like, oh. Like that was that was too easy. Like there's no resistance, right? Okay, well yeah. then I'm gonna go to eighty. Ah, okay, like a little harder, but yeah. okay. Well, I'm gonna go to hundred. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I got to burn on the last one. Well, okay, the next time through, maybe I'll try one hundred and ten. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Now we're talking, right? And then you feel, and then and then I remember, yeah, I had a little a uh, little book, right? And I record it, right? And awesome. I write it all down. Anyways, yeah. Um, but yeah, so 14, twist conditioning. So that was Peter Twist. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. him, but he was like the Heard man. Him. So yeah, he went yeah. to UBC. Uh, then he was strength coach with the Canucks. Um, 
And he started twist conditioning. And in cool. that time, uh, he was training the likes of like Trevor Linden, um, a little bit of the Sedin twins, I think, like a lot of the Canucks. Um, I think, yeah, he used to be the strength coach for the Canucks as well. Yeah. Um, anyways, and that was, that was the, that's like where you wanted to be. So that was like, okay. honestly, that was an eye opener for me. Um, was that on the North Shore? Yeah, it was on the North Shore, yeah. uh, right across from North Shore Winter Club. Yeah, like Sealand area. Yeah, exactly. I think they're still there. Cool. Um, but yeah, I remember that. So I would have been, yeah, as I said, 14. Um, how did I used to get over there? I used to get a ride with a guy that I uh, used to play hockey with, Zach Wittenberg. He's now a commercial real estate agent with CBRE. So yeah, Zach played, for, he was a little older, but he lived in the area. So he'd drive cool. me over there, pick me up, and it was a full day. Take me over there, uh, and then we'd go to ice over at Burnaby 8 rinks after our workout, uh, and then we'd go home. So it was like a full day thing. Um, and yeah, it, you know, Anyways, I could go on and on about that experience. But, yeah, that was about 14, did that. And then, actually, it's funny. I was walking down here, and I was like, how it all comes full circle. Yeah. <clears throat> Their head strength coach there at Twist was a guy named John Beulah. Okay. Uh, and then John Beulah branched off with a guy that um, I, I knew through UBC kind of because – Anyways, I wasn't at UBC yet, but uh, my dad used to co- assistant coach there. So, anyways, he was a UBC alumni as well, Troy Dalton. So, anyways, John and Troy, they, they branched out on their own, uh, and they started training hockey players. And I love John from Twist. I just, I, you know, had a great experience with him, and he's a good coach, I thought. And, and uh, anyways, and so I went and worked with them. But they actually uh, started, they ended up, their first space they rented was right here on rail, uh, Railway Street in the good Rice spot. Building. Yeah. yeah, in the Rice Building, right next cool. door. So, yeah, funny story. But it was probably no bigger than this spot up here. It was just, like, yeah. big wood beams. They laid down some rubber flooring, and they had, like, two, three squat racks, maybe. Some Were they on the ground floor? No, it was, like, the third floor. That's funny. And actually, this is funny, too. Yeah. It was uh, back when West Beach was around. Okay. That's how long ago this stuff was. Yeah. So, yeah I don't. Do you even know West Beach? I, I don't. Okay, so, I'm shaking so, my head. I'm like, uh, <laughs> so yeah. This is funny. So West Beach was founded by Chip Wilson and I'm sure others. Okay. Uh, so that was like before, and you know, someone's going to correct me on this, but uh, simultaneous to or prior to uh, Lululemon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had a West Beach j- office. Like a gym? Or? No, it was a clothing company. It was like surf. Oh, okay. It was like surf and like skate. I think I have. It was like seen cool. It. Yeah. And, and I think before that, it was like Chip and Pepper. And I think it's kind of like concept. a billabong. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So they used to rent their spot was down on Fourth and Burrard. Now there's they're putting up a tower there, like yeah. across from the old where the old Comore was. That used to be okay. West Beach. Yeah. It was like three surfboards, I think, like this, and it said West Beach, where they had a West Beach logo with like two half circles with cool. like a maple leaf. In them. Anyways, yeah. yeah. West Beach was there, and. Uh, Oh man, so many funny stories coming to train down here. Anyways, yeah, we could do a full podcast. Me just BSing about BS stories, but yeah. yeah anyways, uh, yeah, back back to uh, what you want to discuss. Yeah, just um, kind of understanding of like up to college, and then I know you went to uh, University of Saskatchewan. Yeah. for a stint, and yeah. um, you took kinesiology there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. Um, what was the college experience like stepping onto campus? Like, <coughs> what kind of things like changed for you? And what yeah. was like the day to day? Um, I'd say like there's a certain level of independence uh, prior to that and playing junior hockey. Um, aside from when I was in Kelowna, I was never too far from home. I did billet. Uh, so there's some independence, but you know, Burnaby, Surrey, uh, you know, it was quick, you know, 45 minute drive home. If, if yeah. I, if I needed, like I'd go home on the weekends, usually like on a, on a Sunday for dinner and go back out. I spent most of my time with the billets, but yeah. I could go home. You know, and it was it was stones throw away. Um, right. But then, yeah, the uh, university experience. I mean, I love Saskatoon. Uh, I love mm-hmm. my time at the University of Saskatchewan. Um, it was certainly eye opening. Um, but yeah, I remember. 
going out there. I initially, I wanted to go the NCAA route. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the goal, uh, to get a full ride scholarship down NCAA. Uh, obviously it never happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were opportunities for financial aid, but, uh, and I mean, I think that's a bit of a mis- misleading, uh, it's a bit of a misnomer in so far as, you know, the fina- financial aid is based on your, your parents, uh, you know, n- net income and, yeah. and everything like your financial well-being. And, and fortunately, you know, my, my parents, uh, you know, they, 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 they're, they do well. And, yeah. uh, so, you know, the financial aid was not much. It would still cost a significant amount to go to school down in the yep. States, right? Like a lot of money, yeah. maybe, I don't know, like, 100k a year maybe something like that right and it's like well oh for what to say that i got a quote-unquote scholarship um so and that's that's what people don't understand as a canadian like you might be you might have the talent one there's probably you know 20 fold the amount of you yeah there than there are here yeah but that kid is like you know 20 grand 10 grand exactly it's 120 exactly you know when you calculate it all your tuition your books your your accommodation right so yeah i mean you get to go down and play ncaa for like a big college school uh on the flip side of that like what sort of an education are you getting uh how transferable and applicable is that when you move back home like you know, some of the courses down there are, are pretty jokes. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, so yeah, I went with the uh, CIS route, uh, now U-Sport, um, and really, you know. Hate it. Why'd they change it? <laughs> I know, it's, so, <laughs> it's brutal. Uh, anyways. Yeah, I never uh, played in U-Sport either. Yeah, no. CIS. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I loved it, man. And, uh, I loved Saskatchewan. Um, I remember at the time I had my license suspended, um, because too many speeding tickets. Um, anyway, so my dad had to drive me out there and, uh, he dropped me off and I got set up, uh, lived with, uh, two guys, Kyle Bordas and Steve De Silva. So yeah, those are my first two, uh, you know, roommates out there. Uh, awesome dudes. I still talk to today. Still great friends of mine. Uh, we lived two years together. So our first year was uh, on Polychenko Lane. Uh, we call it Polychenko Pound home of the dogs because mm. uh, uh, University of Saskatchewan Huskies right our logo was a skating dog anyways um, but yeah as I said you know a uh, certain level of independence we had a pretty we had a great time probably too good of a time um, hindsight you know I think I uh, probably enjoyed myself a little bit too much yeah um, part of that I mean without going too deep into it I, I wasn't playing um, you know I, I my first year was essentially a red shirt um, yeah. and, I, and I didn't handle that too well um, it uh, and definitely, you know, by the end of my second year, was in a, in a depressed state. Yeah. Um, and kind of, you know, I self medicated um, with alcohol. Um, yeah. And you know, not not to go not to go dark on the on the podcast. No, but like means, you're but super far away from home. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're. Yeah. Not 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 a whole lot of people around you, and like not the greatest role models. It's no, your totally. first year with like yeah. not a lot of experience of how to handle yourself in this space. Totally. Yeah. I think a lot of people in that like environment and i think that was that was a big part i mean there's a cultural element to that where it's like you know i wasn't playing so we played friday saturday nights right well Mm -hmm. i'm not playing on friday uh and so thursday night i go out and then friday i'd go and then saturday and then sunday you know saturday night the whole team would go out and then sunday you know that we'd have a sunday fun day yeah so i was you know i was going out more often than i wasn't um so anyways yeah wasn't healthy um and just wasn't good on my mental health um were you still making the workouts Dude, I worked, that was my only thing. I worked out like a fiend. Yeah. I trained like a fiend. I believe it. And, uh, and that was my therapy. 
like I loved the gym and that's where I started. That's where I really, really started like loving the gym. Um, so yeah, I worked out like a fiend, like probably six days a week, like hungover or not. Uh, I had my training partners, uh, you know, and, and I'd be in there and, you know, good buds with a lot of football guys because they were in there a ton too right as their off season and uh, that and yeah I made all the training Uh, long and short like by the end of my halfway through my second year uh, reached kind of a point at Christmas time long and short uh you know, guys finish playing uh, junior hockey. They can go play a half year pro and then come back and, and play uh, university without losing any eligibility. They don't have to redshirt. So a lot of guys okay. will go do that. They'll go. They'll finish their their junior career, yeah. right? They'll go test the waters in pro. Okay, do I like this? How like how do I stack up? Yay, nay. Okay, uh, maybe you know what? This isn't for me. I don't really like it. Or like you know, this isn't all it was made out to be. Or it's not. It's not what I want. I want to go. I want to go to school. Yeah. And they come at Christmas time, and hmm. so you you get some you get some sick players. You get some great players, right? Coming out of the East Coast or the AHL. Um, so, anyways, yeah, we picked up a new D man, uh, Matt Delahaye, great guy. Um, so then I got ticked even farther. Like I was in, uh, there's no coming back out of that. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I went to have a chat with my coach, and he was going to have a chat with me, and we just both kind of agreed, okay, you know, you're essentially like, for lack of better terms, cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. With that being said, uh, you know. Uh, take his word for it and, and i believe him he's like you know the guys still want you around um so you know they want you to keep practicing and training if you want and, and so so i it was actually it was great i, I kept practicing with the team uh for the last half of that year um i got moved out of a stall onto a chair but uh fold out chair but that's mm-hmm. okay uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. a little salty. and then uh, and then, uh and then i got to play senior hockey uh, which is actually, yeah, it, it's not really something that we have here in BC, okay. but it's like all the small towns have a senior club and there's different senior leagues okay. uh, and you get paid to play. So you get, yeah. I think I was, yeah, I don't know. I was making a couple hundred, a few cool. hundred a game. And, uh, yeah, it was great, great experience. So honestly, it was fun. Um, and then, you know, at the end of that, that's when I contacted UBC again, cause I'd originally been talking to them and, mm-hmm. and went to UBC and, uh, played three more years there. Yeah. 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 Um, and did I see you in any capacity at the gym? Um, as a student trainer Mm-mm. at the strength conditioning, that was some. That was yeah. a funny one. Um, I think. <coughs> excuse me. Sorry about this cough. I think uh, my understanding of the student trainer program. I mean, I'll say this: I wasn't even aware of it when I was in Canada at UBC. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's a whole another conversation so far as that degree and and, and you know the, how it's structured. But um, I wasn't even aware of it. I think it's primarily master students. Is it not? Yeah, it it could be primarily master students. Maybe and I'm I think wrong. it's relatively new. Like yeah. it, it I, I think post 20 Definitely wasn't there when Jim was there. Right? And and, and it yeah. was like Joe McCollum yeah. and like that group that came in post Jim deal. Yeah. I think that introduced like a more formal program. Totally. Um, yeah. and I think before that, you know, there was always guys helping out and stuff yeah. like that, but yeah. um there seems to be like tremendous structure to it now as well. I think it's in. unbelievable. Yeah. I love the concept, man. I and I really uh I admire what Joe's done with that program um, and how he's turned that around and and implemented a ton more uh, structure to it and and formalized it. And uh, it's just, it operates the way that a a varsity gym should operate. Yeah. Um, And yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like, shout out to Jim too, because like, I don't think there was much like of a strength and conditioning program years before that even. No, there wasn't. Yeah. No, yeah. It's it's kind of those two bringing it up from the ground. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. um, So... Yeah, what was what was the difference between like Sask and UBC for you? Um, I will say that you know what I think uh, the friendships I forged in Sask were, uh, yeah, I mean I'd say a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, now, I, do I keep in touch with them as much? I mean, I still keep in touch with, I'd say, about a half a dozen of them, of them like, pretty regularly. And it's cool. It's cool to see, you know, their past, and, and we still get to connect. Uh, we probably got to connect a little bit more often, you know, you know, a few years back through weddings and stuff like that. Uh, but I still keep in touch, like, text them quick. Hey, how you doing? They'll send a photo of a new a kid, a new kid they've had. Uh, yeah. You know, but, like, a new, you know, a child or, you know, they'll be like, hey, we're in town. We'll link up. So that that's that's uh, really special. Cool. Um, but I think in Saskatoon, just geographically smaller city everyone lives closer yeah uh, there's less in town to do you know there's like i mean what they got the saskatoon blades and then they got the huskies yeah um so it's like you know people people come to the games and back then they played in the rutherford which is like an old world war one aircraft hangar mm. tiny old barn like rusty beams hanging from the ceiling you flip a puck up hit yeah. a beam rust fall down like it was an old that's cool though. but it was yeah. cool right yeah. and they and you know you'd get like yeah, you get a few hundred in there, and the place is rocking, right? I, I know now they have a new new rink. I haven't been. I think it's gorgeous. Um, I think Gordy Howe, or uh, it's named after him, or in memory of him, or something like that. Anyways, but uh, anyways, back to it. Uh, people were just geographically closer. So yeah. I was like, hey man, what are you doing? Like, come over for dinner. We're making like burritos, like easy, right? Come on over. Uh, you're like, hey, what are you guys doing? Anyway, so you just see people more. Yeah, and there's less to do in the big city in Vancouver, right? It's like, okay, well. What part of town themselves. do you want to go out to? You know, where do you want to go? Oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm going to Canucks game or like, oh, we're going for dinner. Or yeah. like, you know, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, exactly, too. right? Yeah. So people just, yeah, you just don't hang out. And not to mention the campus is freaking huge, yeah. right? So, yeah, UBC was a little uh, more disconnected. Mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely had, like, some, some, great, some great dudes, uh, but didn't have that cohesiveness uh, that we had in Saskatchewan. Yep. And then, you know, in an environment like that, I feel, I've always said that, uh, I have a lot of family in Winnipeg, I've always said that, like, the prairies and kind of, like, central Canada has, like, a deeper sense of community, and dude, people need to lean on each other more, for yeah. exactly what you're saying, it's like, the city, the there's too much The nicest people, man, the yeah. nicest people in the world, like, literally take their shirt mm-hmm. off your back, you know, uh, I came there, this long-haired kid from BC that played junior A. So, like, just yeah. put in perspective, there's nobody else on the team, I don't think. There's maybe one or two other guys that play junior A after having played major junior. So, when you're yeah. 20, uh, you get to stay as, you know, you're only allowed a certain number of 20-year-olds. So, some guys, if they're not good enough, they'll get cut, essentially, and have to go play junior A. But, so, I was the only guy that hadn't played junior uh, major junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I will say, you know, there's probably a bit of a bias towards major junior. And you know what? Overall, overall, you're going to get better players out of major junior. Like, yeah. Um, so, that that's just the stats and that's just the facts and you can't compete with that so yeah mm-hmm. everyone on that team was a better player than i mm-hmm. um with that being said you know i was a bit of an outlier but i was still accepted and still you know welcomed uh with open arms and, yeah. and you know treated as an equal and viewed you know and the and, and again broader than just the friendships i forged uh from that hockey team um other friendships you know f- through their friends and their families and yeah. and other people in the community that uh you know i still talk to today so yeah it's pretty pretty unique very unique and uh special part of uh my life and uh my experience yeah yeah cool when you when you when you're at UBC and there's you know there's a little little bit more of a disconnect between people just because nature of so much things to do nature of the hustle because of the necessity to survive in this expensive city would you say that there's like um, a level of like okay I need to put my head down and kind of figure out what I'm going <coughs> to do after this and like were you were you thinking kind of like of a concept like yard or something like that through college yeah totally I mean I think. Uh 
with that kin degree, I mean, it became pretty apparent to me that uh, your options uh, after, you know, attaining said degree are very limited. Yep. Uh, you did kin as well, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So it's like, okay, I'm going to go manage community center or like, yeah. or what? You know, or start that's, your own thing. Yeah. yeah. So like there's that. Or I can go do, you know, a few more years of school in physio, mm-hmm. or I can go do uh, education. Well, I don't want to be a phys ed teacher just because, like, nothing wrong. I just don't want to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I thought about doing physio, but it's like, what, so that I can pay, you know, an, an additional, I don't even know what it is, like 100, a couple hundred, you know, grand, a couple yeah. hundred grand in like a few more years to, you know, potentially earn the same amount. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, <clears throat> well, then for me, um, and I always kind of said, like, I want to start a gym. Um, yeah. Now there's a lot more to that than just starting a gym. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, uh, yeah, I kind of had it in the back of my head. And I'd say that, you know, in my experiences, at least like with the varsity gym at UBC and that structure and the structure of training as a team and like team training yes. uh, in the college and university environment, it really is uh, what inspired our business model and how we like to implement and coach and uh, the services that we offer today, mm-hmm. at least in our uh, from a group training standpoint. Yep. Um, but yeah, like the physical layout of the gym uh, that we have now at Yard and um, how we train and deliver our quote unquote group classes. We coin them semi-private training because yeah. they're not like, yeah, it's a group of people, but it's not like when people hear group, they think like 20, 30, you know, it's yeah. like it's groups of like four to eight. So anyways, uh, yeah, definitely influence that. Yeah. Like when from the outside looking in, like I love the the varsity aesthetic to the gym, and it's such a differentiator. And like that's the way I train. And a lot of the studios is no Josh to like the ones that exist in Van. It's just it's not really my vibe to want to like work out with a group of people in that capacity for like that price and not lift heavy weights. Totally, like that's just not me. And like. Uh, I, th- I think a lot of people are the same way with that sports background. If you have any history being in like a strength and proper or more formal strength and conditioning format, um, in kind of having that like similar thought, like when I was going through school and I'm like, I want to create a gym as well. I, I noticed that there's a, like some limitations in terms of, you know, the square footage and, and like the sheer availability of space, yeah, like right. in the downtown core yeah. that it's like, okay, I want to create um, the varsity gym or recreate that and have it available for like, you know, the, the market here, is there a level of like, you know, compromise or like thought that goes into like creating a model that not only is like your baby in terms of like creating your vision, but also, um, you know, satisfying the needs to survive in the city. Yeah, totally. Um, Oh, where to start on this? Uh, I mean, like my original concept, this is before I had any idea about real estate, zoning, bylaws, you know, anything that you could do with the city. My original mm-hmm. concept, um, and actually the, the kind of, you know, the inspiration, you know, down in the Olympic Village, um, there's that big, it's like a red, it's not a red barn, but it's like a big warehouse right beside, it's like right down on the water beside where the cops, uh, the police officers, sorry, uh, park all their cars yeah. uh, in that empty lot. And it was just like a big, it's just like a big, there's nothing in it. It's like yeah. vacant, right? Anyways, I was like, okay, get a big ass uh, industrial warehouse looking thing, like mm-hmm. one structure, and then it's going to be a co-op. 
It's going to be a joint, a co-op space, and you're going to have multiple businesses operating operating out of there under one roof, yeah. right, with a common area. So, you know, I wanted to have a gym. I wanted to have a barber shop. I wanted to have a coffee shop. I wanted to have a butcher. I wanted to have a grocer and a smoothie bar, right? Yeah. And you walk into, quote, unquote, the yard, right? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I'm going to grab my espresso oh. here from, like, espresso joe's or whatever right and then yeah. okay and then uh, i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna go like do my workout right at the yard gym then i get my haircut and then you know maybe i have a smoothie or like I, I might not do them all and there's yeah. gonna be a common seating area in the middle right and it's more just like a spot to be right mm-hmm. and like so i think the closest thing to that would be say turf like turfs yeah. uh done something somewhat similar but the biggest limiter on it is is real estate in vancouver yeah and then the zoning like you know the the, the number of uh different permits you're gonna need to pull like you know, for food, food processing and, yeah. liquor license you know okay well you got this operating and okay well that's different you know safety measures etc cetera, etc cetera. like it's just such a racket the city makes it so difficult to do any business right. anything cool hence why it's you know coined such a dud of a city sometimes from a fun factor so anyways yeah. that was kind of the original concept um and then, you know, you sit there and uh, you look into it more and more and more and you realize and basically, you know, you just kind of create a, this is at least my process, you create a criteria, uh, you know, of things that you like. Yeah. And you, you go, you tour spots and you check them out and, um, you know, you're looking for something that's going to check, you know, say say you got five things where you're looking for like three of five. If you get four, that's great. You're probably not going to hit five of five. Yeah. Hit five of five, that's like a white buffalo, man. It's like a unicorn, like it probably doesn't exist. Catch it and, and never yeah. let it go. <laughs> And if yeah. it does, like you probably can't afford it. Right? Yeah. So that's the other thing, yeah. right? So I think, and, and and in addition to that, I think that that's definitely something that a lot of people in business lose sight of. Um, and you know, by no means trying to sound like like greedy capitalism, but like the purpose of generally, at least, at least my purpose in starting business is to make money. Yeah. Right. Like if 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 you're operating in a loss or losing money. You know, or at least don't have any, you know, aspirations of doing that. Then it's just a passion project, I suppose. But that's, uh, you know, for my state stage of life, like it's not that's not what I'm after. So, yeah. anyways, so a lot of people will go secure spot. You know, super sexy. I'm on Fourth Ave or I'm on Robson, and like I got tons of street appeal and walk by, right? And I'm also shelling out like twenty thousand dollars a month just in rent alone. Right. But like, yeah, everyone sees me and like I'm cool. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but like you're you're bleeding books? money yeah. every month, right? So. Uh, we went subterranean and it actually worked out perfect. So we're in a basement, um, cool. you know, with that, there are, there's a cost that comes with that. Like we don't get any sunlight. Um, yeah. that's kind of whack if you're down there all day and you know what, honestly is not that healthy. Uh, so, you know, you, you create flexibility in the schedule for the staff and make sure people get out of there and like, yeah, get out you know, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, you know. Anyways, we're kind of on the edge of downtown. Like, we, I'm sorry, we are downtown, but on the edge of, you know, you know, downtown east side and Gastown. So, um, you know, probably paying a little bit less per square foot than you would on, like, a main retail, you know, area. Um, so, anyways. Um, With yeah. that, like, comes the necessity to have sort of, like, a loyal um, customer base, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I think that comes before you even get your brick-and-mortar space. Mm-hmm. So that was something, I mean, uh, Dom, we were super fortunate. I mean, we used to rent space out of uh, Groundwork Athletics. Okay. So, I mean, my full circle, you know, when I finished, I finished university, then I went and played a year pro over in Europe. And, and during that year pro over in Europe, uh, prior to that, I'd been worse spending my off seasons working with factory hockey player development um, and, and as a coach there. So anyways, and I reached a point where I was like, okay, you know, this is what I want to pursue. And uh, I want to, you know, I, I want a piece of the pie. Essentially, I want to buy into this company. Yeah. Um, 
it's another convo, but we worked out of groundwork athletics. Um, then, you know, after I was done playing professionally, reached a point where the hockey players left for the summer or for the season rather. Mm-hmm. So I had no clients. I went from being, you know, gangbusters busy, you know, pumping out four or five, six groups a day and on ice stuff. And, you know, it was great, great, great to all of a sudden like poof, done nothing. And so yeah. what am I going to do for these other, you know, eight, eight months of the year? Right. Uh, you know, I did a little bit of skill development on ice stuff, had some teams come through, but personal training made sense. So yeah. started doing the personal training anyways, and then eventually rebranded and offshoot, you know, from factory hockey and started yard athletics. Okay. Um, and you know, yard athletics came, uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, there's a group of individuals I trained under factory hockey, technically, yeah. uh, three mornings a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 AM, uh, you know, buddies of mine, 20 bucks a head. I think there's like six or eight of them. Yeah. Um, and I trained them the exact same way. We'd actually follow the exact programs that we did with the hockey guys. Cool. Um, anyways, and one day I remember we were in there and, uh, buddies like, oh man, check this out. Like we, you know, just, I don't know. We probably, it was probably a Friday. We just finished a big gun run and there's dumbbells absolutely everywhere. He's like, oh, it looks like a boneyard. He's like, yeah, it's the boneyard. And I was right. And cool. you're like, oh, the boneyard. Yeah, cool. That's kind of cool. And then, uh, anyways, and then, so that's how yard came to be, yeah. uh, or the yard, yard athletics. And we didn't know it was like, what do you call it? The yard, yard, yard athletics. I mean, and we kind of refer to it in all three ways, depending yeah. on the context. Um, but groundwork athletics allowed us a platform to take that step. So, I mean, yeah, it came with its, uh, you know, it came with its struggles, right. And sharing a space and trying to scale a business and grow a business in a, in a, in a cooperative, like spit in, you know, space where you're sharing with other businesses and coexisting but it did allow us to reach that point where we're sitting there looking and going okay well you know right now we're spending x amount per month in rent um and this isn't even our own space so like Mm -hmm. okay well for this amount and we're grossing this amount of revenue okay well what could we afford right so it kind of gives you an idea like okay this is our threshold like if we continue if we just take this and transplant it over into our own space right well yeah we'll be able to you know uh you know uh, service that, 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 that fee, that, that, that rental, that, you know, that amount, uh, mm-hmm. granted there's tons of other expenses that come with your own space, let alone the build out. So, I mean, that was another thing where we took uh, a bit of a dive of a spot and had to, you know, inject a fair amount of capital into it to get it up to a standard that we wanted that was, you know, usable. Yep. Um, but you know, in, in, on the flip side of that, you know, our, our rent is, uh, is, is manageable. Um, when you, when you say like, like that that capital investment <coughs> what do you mean like stripping the place down yeah like, so i mean if i showed you photos right now uh so it i think used i've to, seen some yeah. yeah 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 so it originally so we're 307 west pendering between hamilton homer so it's a heritage okay. building yep. one in from papa's fur underneath the magnet yeah. uh so old building like uh the concrete in there has like stones in it you know what i mean like it's old school yeah. um, there's a, a nemesis across from you there's there's nemesis it, down the hill so if you're standing yeah. If you're standing facing Nemesis, okay. and uh, and Hastings is behind you, yeah. and the Cobblestone Hill is going straight up, right? Yeah. Up, up towards Pender. Go up the Cobblestone Hill. Okay, you're in block. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yes. go up the Cobblestone Hill. Yep. Okay, now you're on Pender and uh, Hamilton. Okay. Okay, bang a right like you're going to go into downtown financial district, yep. right? Along that building is Papa's Fur. We're the next building in. Gotcha. So the magnet is the bar, and there's a, there's literally a glass door that says Yard Athletics. Yeah. That's it. Cool. Open it, go down, another door in. It's kind of cool. It's like I'm always like, oh, should we brand it more? Like, should we get more street exposure? Like, people are like, no, it's kind of cool because like a speakeasy. Yeah. It, right. It's it like is. it's like it's like what yeah. the f- it's like this is what like these people talk about the yard. Yeah. Like, what is this? It's like, I mean, honestly, it's like. Sh- 
you reach a point well, where this you don't thing go until you go down there. Yeah, I reached a point though with this thing where I'm like, I'm like, okay, we gotta stop the bleeding, man. Just like paint the paint the floors <laughs> like it's good. Paint yeah. paint the steps, like put down some grip tape, like it's good. I don't really care. Yeah. We walk down, then you open that door, and then people are always like, people all I mean it, it's and it's cool. That that right. for me is like, yeah, like fucking rights, man. Yeah. Excuse me, I don't know if you can swear on this podcast. Yeah, no, we're no like, filter. <laughs> All right. But it's like, it's like, yeah, like fucking rights, man. Like you created something cool. It's a special, like people appreciate this. Like, Oh, I had no idea this was here. Yeah. So anyways, um, I don't even know how we started talking about this. Oh, oh just, the, yeah, the like injection. Yeah. yeah. The injection. So yeah, originally that space was a printing press. Okay. Um, and they printed papers down there and then Vancouver film schools rented it out and they built sets down there. Huh. Um, so yeah, I mean, like there wasn't anything to it. So we essentially, we stripped it right down. And I mean, yeah. he, my, I mean, yeah, I just said, you know, if, if anyone is listening to this, thinking about opening up a gym, just be aware that if you are going to go get something where you're going to need to put some money into it, it's kind of like Pandora's box, you know, for it's like an onion. Every layer you strip back, it's like you find a new surprise, right? Yeah. So it's like, you think it's super simple. For example, I was like, oh yeah, okay, well, you know, let's just let's just tear up this old wood floor and yeah. we'll just use the foundation. And you tear it up and it's like, oh, it's all uneven. So like now you're gonna have to pour a new pad on top of the pad. Mm. Oh, okay, well that involves getting a pump truck in. And it's like, oh, okay, that's to the tune of like, you know, however many tens of thousands of dollars just to get a level floor. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, we'll just like mount some mirrors, just like glue some mirrors on the wall. Like, and it's like, oh no, the, the wall's not like flush or plumb. So like, if we just do that, then you're gonna look in the mirror and you're gonna be like all warped and like the mirrors are gonna break, mm. like if you touch them. So it's like, okay, well now you need to like back out the, you know, fur out the wall. So it's all, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like simple stuff like that. Things like that. And that yeah. wasn't even the extent of it. Like, um, are there any other tricks behind gym mirrors? <laughs> because I swear like something about them, like doesn't matter if you're at a rec center or a studio, like they just make you look better. I think Is it lighting? lighting? It's a lighting, I yeah. think. It's a lighting, I think, yeah. Actually, we, uh, yeah, we went for the cool lighting package. I tried to save some dough. I remember I was like, oh, because, you know, you get, yeah, anyways, it's such a process. It's super cool. And I learned so much, very stressful yeah. uh, and very costly. But uh, I learned so much doing it. And uh, I was very involved. I, I mean, I think at least. Um, but uh, I remember the designer, you know, they, they, they give you like an option. They're like, okay, here, like, here's, here's what we got. Okay, what do you think? And you're like, okay, change X, Y, Z. Okay, do that, right? And then and then you yeah. have the options like, okay, here's like your top end option, mid option, cheap option, right? Or like economical option, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you do go through that. Anyways, and then they're sitting there and they go, okay, here's the total sum. And then you take it out to bid. And then they, so they're like, okay, here, we took uh, all the electrical work to like these three different electrical companies and these are the different quotes we got, right? And, yeah. then, and then they, so they, so they give you a, they give you a quote and that's a quote. It's always going to go over budget. Yeah by like probably like 1.5 mm. one and a quarter to one and a half anyways and yeah. uh it stinks so anyways it's heavy but uh yeah i remember with the electrical i was like okay no let's just go like cheap and cheap and cheerful like we just need light like who cares no one's gonna look up there now i'm so happy that we went to the lighting package we did like and honestly man it's nothing crazy but it just looks cool and yeah. people comment on it and it's like it's pretty badass so yeah, yeah. anyways um again I digress. I don't even know how we got here, but uh, yeah. Well, I, I think um, you know, there's very f- there's 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 gyms in the space that have kind of like come and go. Like mm-hmm. Vancouver is very uh, fair weather in terms of like, <coughs> even fan loyalty. If you're talking about sports, but if you're talking about yeah. like cons- consumerism and people going to different studios, like you know, <clears throat> you've seen like 
a space be like trendy and hot and like kind of an Instagram op for like a couple weeks mm-hmm. and then kind of, you know, fall off or whatever it is. It's like, what, what have you identified as like the keys to kind of stay relevant and like stay kind of top of the game? You know? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of different variables to that. Um, I think we have an excellent team. Uh, we have amazing people uh, throughout the company. So our coaching staff is, um, you know, is, is, is amazing. One of the best in the city, I'd say, if not the best. Um, uh, so, yeah, but aside from just coaches, I think it's the quality of the individuals, and that's even more important to me. Like, you can coach, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, okay, this is what you're looking for. Like, you know, but you can't coach, you can't teach a person how to be a good person or how to be a, a cool person or, like, a relatable person. Like, yeah. obviously, you know, we're not trying to mold the human that they are. We're not trying to mold their personality, but it's like, okay, you know, uh, what, what are your ethics? Like, what, you know, what, how, what are your moral, like, what's your moral compass like? Like, how, you yeah. know, how, what's your social IQ? Uh, you know, how, how do you, what's your relatability to people? You know, what's your story? Like, you know, are you just like a big meathead? You yeah. know, and is that all you know? Or are you just like a bookworm that knows like the human anatomy inside out? Like, what are you? You know, you need to be, you need to be a person. Yeah. And a good person. Um, so, yeah, I think people's imperative. Um, and then aside from that, I mean, there's tons. I, I think um, it's funny. You just need to be very, I shouldn't say just, but you need to be persistent um, and you need to maintain a quality and a level of service and a, and a certain uh, level of product. And, you know, basically quality control. Like, yeah. okay, here's the bar. This is what brought us success. Now we need to maintain that and grow on that. And you can't step back. So like, you know what, I'm, I, I don't know, I'll, I think, you know, some of the staff, I probably annoy the shit out of them because yeah. I'm constantly reminding them like, hey, like, you know, hey, when someone walks in the door, greet them, say hi. Hey, don't chew with your mouth open behind the desk when someone's trying to speak to you. Hey, clean the chalk off the bars when you're done. Yeah. You know, like, if you, and, and, and right, it's the little things. Um, I bought a book recently for our entire staff called Legacy. Uh, it's about the New Zealand All Blacks and it's just about the intangibles and, and the big theme on that is uh, sweeping the sheds and basically the opening story and I love this book man it's like I think it, it's a culmination of everything that I believe in uh, and granted I have no involvement with the New Zealand All Blacks yeah. um, <clears throat> I do love rugby and I do respect their program and that culture but basically talks about after uh, after a game and how it's the two most veteran players on the team after everybody's gone and they're sitting in there with a push broom and they're sweeping sweeping up the sh- sweeping the dressing room right and it's like no jobs too too small for the biggest person basically right so yeah um, it's just talking about the, the whole is more important than than the single than the individual right so um yeah i think uh you know maintaining quality product continuing to try and push that envelope and refine that so like for us right now you know, this is a good question. I had I had a meeting with an individual in fitness, and uh, he was talking about success in, in the fitness realm. And uh, one of the things was like, "What's your differentiator? Like, what's your signature? What makes you different than your competitors?" Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I looked at it, and I was like, and I asked and I asked our staff in, in our team meeting, right? Because I was interested, and people were like, "Oh, it's like uh, you know, uh, the quality. It's the quality of the coaching." And I'm like, "I agree. Like, we have extremely high quality." 
coaching. Like this is great training. This is exceptional training, and we're exceptional coaches and great, great eyes and great details and great ability, adaptability and ability to accommodate you know different individuals. Like it's not like okay, come in and back squat. And it's like you watch this guy back squat, and you're like, yeah, this guy's back's gonna hurt tomorrow, but we're doing a back squat. Like no, that's not how we operate, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, let's try a back squat. Okay, you guy can't back squat. Okay, well let's try front rack. Okay, front front rack. You don't like that? It hurts your wrist. Okay, well let's guy try goblet. Okay, well like maybe you know your bilateral squatting pattern is just it's it's just not there yet because you lack the the ankle mobility. Okay, well like how what are we trying to achieve here? We're trying to yeah. stimulate something uh, in the quads, right? And get knee knee dominant uh, flexion, right? In in a in a, in a squat uh, variation. Okay, well let's try a lunge. Okay, oh you can do a lunge. Okay, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Right, so I think that's the difference, right? And it's the ability to, okay, well, like, you know, you got some knee valgus, okay, well, let's, let's get some lateral perturbation and activate the glute med and, like, you know, get, get the foot stable. Anyway, so, yeah. like, yeah, sure. But at the end of the day, what are we doing? We're personal training. Yeah. So, like, we're not, we're not any different. Yeah, the service might be better. Well, right? We're more accommodating. But so, yeah. so, like, for us right now, what I want to try and do is how can we differentiate the experience? So the products can remain the same, mm-hmm. but how can we differentiate? So what I want to do is try and gamify the workouts a bit. Yep. It's like you come in, you get a metric, right? So mm-hmm. you do the workout, whether that metric is shared publicly is up to you. Like if you want to compare with yep. other people that want to compare, so there's competitive aspect to it, cool. Or maybe you just want to keep that for yourself where it's like, cool. okay, I did this workout a month ago, right? I scored a 2.3 and I did a month later and I scored a 3.7. So therefore I'm improving. Yeah. Right now, how we how we come to that, I'm not sure. I'm toying with the idea. Or we're toying with the idea of something based on relative strength, um, where it's like a percentage of body weight. Uh, mm. You know, body weight doesn't need to be disclosed because it doesn't matter, right? But yeah. because there's nothing like you can go get something on heart rate, right? It's like you go Orange Theory, right? And it's like heart rate based, yeah. right? You can go and, and and that's what I mean. It's like okay, when you go to ride or you go to uh, Soul Cycle, yeah. right? It's like. Yeah, you're doing spin, but it's choreographed dance on a spin bike. That's yeah. their signature, right? Yep. Uh, you go to Orange Theory, it's heart rate based, right? You go to Legree, it's like uh, Pilates on a megaformer, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's di- you go to uh, Moksha or, I don't know, Bikrams, right? You know, it's hot yoga, yeah, right? But it's like, you go to Yard and it's like, yeah, it's strength conditioning. Sure, I'm not saying, that, you know, it's like, yeah, we're different. But it's like, really, at the end of the day, it's like tomatoes and tomatoes. It's like, mm-hmm. sure. We're like an organic, sun-ripened heirloom tomato versus like a GMO, like pulpy, you know, shitty, like beefsteak tomato, right? Mm-hmm. But still tomatoes. Yeah. So like, how do we separate? How do we differentiate add a signature to our offerings? Yeah. So that's the next, for me at least, and us, that's what we want to try and create. Yeah. It sounds like your existing, like your existing prop or whatever is like, your personal training, but you're actually like listening in a studio capacity where other people aren't <coughs> like they're, they're just delegating More right? Cutter, or prescribing. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're listening before you prescribe and, and, you know, giving people the option to modify, bring up and down modifications for the workout totally. program. Totally. And then like you're planning to bring this metric, which is like a means of feedback and totally. a reason to come back, exactly. which is like super cool. Right. right? So, um, and I think that you know, people were like, okay, well, let's just create a battery of tests, right? And it's like, yeah, but not everybody wants to test. Like, I don't want to test, you know, some 75-year-old, uh, you know, individual who's had dual hip replacements, you know, one rep max. Like, yeah. that just doesn't make sense. There's the, 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 that's silly. It's actually stupid, right, um, in my opinion, right? Yeah. Um, so, but like, so how, how can we create metrics uh, for these individuals that are like simple, easily accessible, low barrier to entry, like not intimidating, you know? Um, and so basically like maybe you do, maybe you do an eight rep max, you know, on something 
eight rep max, right? And then mm-hmm. that spits out, okay, here's your hypothetical one, right? And then based on your body weight, um, excuse me, that gives you a score. Okay. Yeah. Right. So Super I mean, that, cool. that's kind of the next concept. Now, with that being said, excuse me, sir. How do we create? How do we automate this as much as possible? Like it would be best if it's like okay, so we know six a.m. Right? It's like Dom, Elan, you know, Cam coming in for the group, right? And it's like boom, you guys walk in. Like I don't know, do you scan something? Does it know? Does it pull off the software? Where it's like you guys are on the wall, like on the yeah. screen, right? And it's like for every like every set you do, right? Uh, like you get a score, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that was like a good, that was a good set, or like whatever, like, and and so it's live, you know, yeah. live, like that would be great, right? That so then, so then I'm thinking like, okay, well, do you do something like velocity based training, like do you get some of those push bands or something like that? Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure. Honestly, it's probably out there somewhere. Someone's probably, you know, I'm not the first person to think of this. Definitely not. Someone's probably already thought of this. It's yeah. probably in the works or like, you know, someone might go run with it. But uh, I, I, yeah, creating and, and honestly, like, it'd be even cooler if you could create an algorithm that incorporates various variables. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, uh, heart rate, right? Uh, duration, uh, calories burned, uh, weight lifted, um, you know, like to- like total ton of body weight. And it's like an algorithm of all those things, a culmination, and you weigh them differently depending on how you view their importance to the, you know, completion of the workout. Um, and then you create a score from that. Yeah. Right. But anyways, that kind of stuff's above my head. So no, maybe, maybe, maybe somebody listening could help out with that. Yeah. yeah. It's super cool and scientific, but, um, I think that's a lot of, like, <coughs> That's, that's what we need to see in the next wave of, like, fitness is, like, you know, with, with all the digital stuff that's coming out, Mirror and Peloton, yeah. it's, like, it's great. We're, we're now bringing the studios home and, like, mm-hmm. we're having these live experiences from yeah. the couch. But there's still, like, a lack of feedback beyond yeah. heart rate. And there's totally. so many metrics, like, we could learn about ourselves. And, I mean, just to be super clear on it, like, what we do uh, pride ourselves on is, as you said, the ability to provide progressions and regressions and the adaptability to accommodate and feed various appetites based on that individual's specific goal goals and objectives right like okay i want to come in and i want to you know i want to get stronger okay well how are you going to get stronger right okay well we we, we want to ensure that we're not compounding an issue so quality of movement uh is of the utmost importance to us like we're not going to load you up uh and increase the load on the individual individual if that frame and that and your and your mechanics your biomechanics can't accommodate that right so like if you have really poor you know, movement patterns, we're not going to load that up. Uh, we're going to correct those movement patterns and then progressively load that, right? So mm-hmm. uh, just to be clear, it's like it, I'm not, I don't want to sit there and just be able to provide a metric and like throw quality out the window. Like yeah. that's what brought us success. Like what brought you success? Quality of coaching. So you need to maintain that quality of coaching, right? And that, and that service. Mm-hmm. And now what's the next layer, right? Well, now it's like, okay, well, okay, these people move well or like whatever. Like these people are ready for like the next, like, Maybe it's called walk in the yard. I don't, yeah. I don't know, right? But uh, oh. you know, and then okay, now you've graduated to that. Okay, well now you can start. You can you can compete now. Like yeah. CrossFit did that, right? Yeah. It's like, and there's a super simple, right? It's like I, I mean, I don't even know it. They do, they do. You get scores based on reps, yeah. time. You know, well, weight, and that, like, that's the one critique of CrossFit is that they kind of did it backwards. Is like yeah, they came exactly. with hella metrics, yeah. and they said, "Oh, screw your form." Yeah, like, exactly. Do twenty. <laughs> yeah. So okay, yeah. okay, so. I mean, yeah, now let's just do like them. The one thing I'll say though, and I mean, maybe this is good, but <clears throat> everything's so manual with them, right? Like, 
correct me if I'm wrong. It's like yeah. you go in and it's like you need someone, you know, who's sanctioned like tracking your scores. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's good, right? But it's like there's also something for the, with the digital age where it's like people want immediate feedback, right? Like I, I personally think it would be wicked. It's like, you know, yard releases, yard workout of the day. Well, we won't call it workout of the day because CrossFit calls that. Yard yard releases, the yard, I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Here's yeah. a workout. Anybody in the world can do it, right? Yeah. Anybody in the world can do it. You can do it at a yard, you know, uh, affiliated uh, facility. You can do it at home, right? And um, anyways, and you do it. And I mean, that's where the integrity of it comes into play, where it's like, okay, yeah, well, you got to do 10 squats, right? Or whatever. At, like, you know, you're going four sets of 10, but then it's like, okay, well, if, if we can't see you, then how do we know that you did them yeah how do we know the quality of them you know what i mean how do we know you did 10 yeah you know what i mean and so that's where the integrity but it would be cool and then it's like oh man like who's this beast in like you know yeah. milan italy like you know he's crushed he crushed the yard challenge today right like yeah. oh like you know and then there's different categories you compare you know men women age brackets like you know weight categories like whatever and, and but cool. you get live i think that would be wicked yeah i love that now idea. how the hell to get there I don't That's know. the discovery, but yeah, honestly, like yeah. it would be be great if you could integrate with one of these wearables, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like an Apple Watch ID, you come in, you literally scan, it's like boom, you're on the wall. Yep. You know, I think it's coming. Yeah. And soon, like all these yeah. ideas will align with like yeah. you know an easier way to get it done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So hopefully, um, I think that could be really, really special. Yeah. Just something different, at least for strength, because there's nothing really like that for strength. Yeah. To my knowledge. Mm -hmm. I know there's, you know, there's different uh, apps they're trying to create out there with that kind of stuff, but um, uh, metric-based uh, strength training. Yeah. And obviously the most simple metric is weight, right? Weight, reps, sets, rep, like you can, but, but it's very manual, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you get a score, which is a culmination of the entire training session, right? Mm -hmm. I think that would be cool. So anyways, yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of is, is the start or one of like, like questions in closing is kind of just like what what's your future plan for the company and like the way I see it or if I'm hearing your vision correctly is like you're thinking very digitally in terms of like scalability yeah I think um I don't I love human interaction I think it's yeah. imperative to civilization and I think that's what separates again that's what separates us like you know honestly man like screw Peloton screw mirror like like you know F that. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> like, it serves a purpose, but at the end of the day, like, the the last thing people need, especially after the last three years, is more social distancing. Yeah. Like, people need to come together, and I think that's what, that was a saving grace uh, for our business is we were able to, you know, uh, transition, lack of a better term, pivot, and maintain that human interaction. And I think that's that's so unique, and that is so special. And uh, so I never want to forego that. Um, but yeah, I do want to scale the business, and I do want to grow the business and expand the business, and, mm -hmm. and that's something that we want to do. Um, how to do that, I mean, I think there's different ways to do it. The one is the digital element of it, um, yeah. you know, online training and, and et cetera, et cetera, and metrics and, 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 and gamifying and, you know, yard workouts so that you create a score, but also opening more more locations. So yep. um, I would like to open more locations we will open a second location here uh, cool. when to be determined probably in the next two to three years um, awesome. likely but uh, you know even more than that and I think um, yeah where that is I'm not sure but I would like to get a good handle at least on like Vancouver um, how many you know without cannibalizing to be determined yep. um, again very wary to scale and expand too fast 
Um, so it's nice right now. Like we have our, you know, yard 1.0, let's call it, you know, where mm-hmm. we are currently. And that's kind of a guinea pig and it's fun. We can try stuff, right? And we've tried stuff before and it's worked and it's still there. Yep. Uh, and then we've tried stuff and it's failed and it's like, it's, it's quick and easy. Like it's nice. It's like, okay, let's try this out. Okay. This offering, like we're not getting good, you know, attendance, like, okay, scrap it. Like, or it's like, okay, why isn't it working? Change the programming. Still not getting it. Change the time. Still not working. Okay. You know what? Maybe this just isn't what our demographic is coming for. Hmm. So, like, why why try to be something we're not? What are we? Strength training, right? We're really good at strength training, and that's that's our bread and butter. That's our product. Well, continue to offer that. You know, yeah. like we, for example, <coughs> excuse me, we did a uh, conditioning class, and it was like good, like it was okay. But then, you know, I mean, I think there might still be a place for it. But then it's kind of like, okay, at the end of the day, like if people want to go get their asses kicked. Where are they going to go? They're going to go to Barry's. You know, uh, where nobody cares about their form, but you know, they're going to, they're literally going to get shit kicked. Yeah. They're going to ask to sprint at hundred percent, hundred and ten percent effort on an incline for a minute. That's humanly impossible. Yeah. And they're going to do it 10 times over. Like, yeah, you know what? That would kick fucking anyone's ass. Excuse me. Yeah. Right. But like, Hey, bravo, Barry, like crack the code and you know, people love it. They eat it up. Yeah, so yeah. Kudos to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, we're not going to try to compete with that. So, okay. You guys got that one. You guys got the shit kicker. Now we'll provide the quality and uh, we'll correct all the injuries that come out of those. Um, and that's nice. cool. So thank you. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's what we do. So stick to that. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyways. Cool. Um, questions about recovery. Um, yeah. just in like, what kind, what kinds of things do you do to kind of like come to balance, like mentally and physically? Oh man, that's a good question, buddy. Um, something that I value more and more and more, uh, as of late, um, I definitely reached a point, especially over the last couple of years, uh, towards the tail end of it, where my personal health, uh, was taking a toll. I got some blood work done and my hormones were all out of whack. Um, you know, and, and it was a byproduct of, uh, just not taking care of myself and the stress was a big, big component of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Uh, and so I'm addressing that and I think, uh, rest, sleep is like the number one performance enhancing drug. So if you're not, if you're not, you know, rest is a weapon. Yeah. I remember a guy used to train with Kendall McArdle. Um, that was his, that was his thing. Rest is a weapon. Anyway, so yeah, sleep. Um, so yeah, try to get, you know, as much sleep as possible, uh, get to bed early, get good quality sleep, like good sleep environment. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole too much, but sleep's number one. Um, I also try to separate myself from work and it's really hard, uh, to do because, you know, if, if I'm like, if I have downtime, uh, and I'm in the city and like, I'm not doing anything. Uh, I'm definitely thinking about work. Yeah. Right. And so like even walking here, I think I walked the entire way here with my head in my phone and that's disgusting. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm surprised I didn't step into some shit. <laughs> uh, but, um, with that being said, trying to get out of the city. So I was like, okay, when I'm in here, I know that I'm running on jet fuel and I'm going 110 miles an hour yeah. when I'm in the city. And that's cool because that's just the way I'm wired. Yeah. Right. But it's like, I also need to complement that with time to separate and recover. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you reach a certain point where my productivity is diminishing, 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 and the, and the quality of the product going out there is lower and lower and lower. So, you know yeah. what, like cut your losses, get the hell out of Dodge, right? Go, like go, and so I love going camping. Um, you know, when my parents have a spot on the island I like to get away to. And honestly, what I do there is like a whole lot of nothing. Like, yeah. you know, camp, have a fire, go for a hike, you know, go for a walk, you know, maybe cut some fire, like I sound like, but it's like, kind of go back and just simplify things, Love it. right? Recharge, come back refreshed, clarity, um, 
And speaking of mental clarity, actually, I've been doing a lot more run training. I'm training for a race, a uh, big, big ultra marathon, and I'm not a marathoner. But anyways, it's a good challenge. Uh, but running has provided, like, tons of mental clarity. I find, like, it's just you, and I don't even, I barely listen to music anymore. Yeah. Just you, yourself, your thoughts, and I just think about the same stuff. And I come to a lot of conclusions and a lot of answers. So that's been really nice. Awesome. Um, but yeah, aside from that, um, alcohol does not help anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a fun time here and there uh, in moderation. Of course. Uh, but definitely uh, pulled back on that. Just yeah. even socially. Like, it's like, okay, like, yeah, I could have a couple, three beers, but it's like, I know I'm not going to feel that sharp tomorrow. Yeah. My sleep's going to be dog shit. It's not like, like used to. Yeah, it's like, what's the point, you know? So uh, pulling back there. Um, and then nutrition is critical. So, I mean, really, it's like things everybody knows, and it's like less is more. Like, yeah. sleep more, eat better, you know, cut out the booze, exercise, um, yeah, spend time with friends, family, um, and make sure you take care of yourself and, yeah, respect your own boundaries. Yeah, as redundant as it might sound, like it's important for, like, even, you know, if you're saying the same things that people have said before, it's like that constant reminder to somebody back home that, like, oh, man, that's really all it is, and, like, yeah. I just need to be consistent. On yeah, that. oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Consistency is key. Like, <coughs> excuse me, it's easy to be, you know, a, a hero for a day a week right and it's like we've all done it right but it's like yeah. okay what are you doing you know monday to friday what are you doing on the weekend right and i was i'm just as i was guilty of that and like still yeah. am sometimes you know it's like okay yeah like i'm falling meal prepping get my sleep and it's like oh friday night like i'm gonna go out and you know i'm gonna you know crush a dozen drinks and then yeah. like you know you know and then i'm gonna go eat a greasy breakfast on the thing and i'm not gonna exercise for three days Starting and then I, and then on monday i start over and i'm like oh man like why do i feel like i got hit by a train like i didn't drink last night but it's in, like no but for the last 72 hours you've been you know a sack of potatoes you know yeah. just abusing yourself so uh yeah totally. i think yeah it's consistency is, is critical yeah uh the next one's a bit of a weird one is uh if I was at your house, what would I find there that I wouldn't find at others? <laughs> uh, that's a good question, man. Uh, oh, buddy, what would you find there that you would not find at others? Like anywhere in the house? Yeah, just something special you got at home. Ooh, something special. Something special. You know what? I have a lot of... Uh, this makes me feel bad because they're not all up on the wall. I have a lot of collages and puzzles uh, from mm. my grandma. Uh, my grandma loves to give us little gifts. Uh, I mean, I know that's not that fun. Yeah, um, something and, different. Yeah, but it's definitely different. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, kind of the last one in closing is if you could live inside of any movie, which one would it be and why? Oh, man. I mean, like, I don't know if this is your way of asking my favorite movie. I mean, my two favorite movies are Heat and uh, mm. Bull Durham. Um, I don't know necessarily that I want to live inside heat because at the end of the day, yeah. like they all die and right. maybe I'm like Al Pacino, but I did really like, like Val Kilmer and Robert De Niro in that flick. Like that's a badass flick. Uh, so yeah, maybe I'll go for Bull Durham and, uh, I'll play, uh, Crash Davis, uh, Kevin Costner. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he had a pretty good time down there with the Durham Bulls. Cool. Uh, so yeah, let's say that. All righty. Um, the last one is just like kind of a message to your younger self. Like, would you change anything? Did you like the path? Any, any kind of words of advice? I mean, they always say no regrets. Um, <laughs> uh, whether or not, like I fully agree with that. Uh, not entirely to my younger self. Um, lots of times, you know, I think people, uh, they, they don't, they, they take themselves too seriously. Um, and that can be debilitating. 
uh, in the same light, like I think that the, the level of seriousness and the intensity at which I uh, approach uh, a lot of things in my life is uh, why I found success in those elements. So mm. I'm, I'm resident to say, uh, um, you know, don't take things too seriously. I mean, yeah, honestly, I, 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 I wouldn't change too much. There's things I, you know, I wish I had it done differently, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't be where I am today. And this sounds so cliche, but I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't done all those things and learned those lessons. So a uh, lot of mistakes, tons of mistakes, tons of failures. And as I said, things that like, yeah, I do regret. But mm-hmm. if I hadn't have made those errors, then who knows when I would have. Because yeah. obviously it's in me to make those errors. So I'm a lot happier that I made those errors and made those mistakes, you know, when I did than as opposed to now. Because yeah. they'd be a lot more costly now. And I'm going to continue to make mistakes and errors, but hopefully they're not uh, to the same extent as those that I made, in, you know, as, as a younger younger man. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of bars today. Yeah. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you coming on and yeah, all man. the best and for the continued success of Yard Athletics. And appreciate that, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me on. Honestly, that was a, that was a ton of fun. And uh, this is something that... Uh, I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I really appreciate you, uh, you know, extending the invite and having me on and hopefully uh, all the listeners and everyone involved uh, enjoy themselves and be able to pull some, pull some value out of it and, and, you know, a couple laughs along the way. Absolutely.